And welcome into another episode of the Vigilant Sports Pacers podcast. I'm Scott Agnes. It's crazy to believe it, but the NBA season, the Pacers season in particular, is less than a week away at this point, a shortened preseason, because the NBA moved up the regular season by 10-plus days. So instead of the regular season starting on the last few days of October, maybe right before Halloween, games now open October 17th, and for the Pacers, it's on October 18th against Brooklyn. Beforehand, I wanted to have Max Linewan, the producer of Pacer Telecast on Fox Sports Indiana, on once again. It's been two years since I've had Max on. He'll refresh us on his job, share what it's like being in the production truck on game nights, discuss the priorities for the season, and he'll answer questions taken from Twitter. I enjoy these conversations with people behind the scenes who may not be known, but play a critical role during the Pacers season. Let's get on with it. Here's my conversation with Max Leinwand of Fox Sports Indiana. All right, Max, appreciate you jumping on the podcast once again. I had you on a couple of years ago uh, as you first joined the network with Fox Sports Indiana. But what I had you on once again, because at least for me, I think it's interesting individuals like yourself that bring the pictures to everyone else. Um, so speaking of bringing pictures, uh, the, the very first thing I've got to do is I've got a bone to pick with you. I was telling my fiance earlier today I was going to be on with you, and uh, you know she said, uh, "Oh, is that the one you did when you when you first moved here?" And I said yes, and her response was, uh, "You tell me better use a better picture of you." <laughs> Yeah. Because you, you went into the archives to find, like, 40 pounds ago, Max, like, uh, <laughs> hadn't lost weight post-ACL tear, Max. And, um, you know, she told her friends, oh, he was on a podcast, and uh, they looked at, they saw the picture, like, wait, that that's your boyfriend? That's that's what's going on here? This is oh, so I got you in trouble. Oops. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I was thinking you the know, great Jeff gave me that photo, but I can't remember. That's, uh, believe me, I've, I've picked that bone with Jeff Goldman already. <laughs> All right. We'll make sure we get an updated picture this time around. Excellent. Going into year three, how comfortable are you at this point with the operation, with everyone behind the scenes? I would guess at this point you guys work seamlessly with one another. It's, it's a well-oiled machine, man. It was, uh, you know, we did two preseason games this year. Uh, we did the first game out in Milwaukee, and then we did uh, the home game against uh, Maccabi Haifa the other night. And, you know, stepping back with these guys, with Chris, with Quinn, with our director, Jamie Burns, uh, JJ wasn't a part of this show, but, uh, you know, stepping back with those guys, it was like, you know, it, it was like we did a show yesterday. It was, there was no let's feel each other out again. It was just immediately, you know, we're, we're right back on it. It was like putting on an old shoe, man, just stepping back and, uh, being comfortable with these guys again, it was great. Jamie, the the director, and Chris will often do other stuff, Big Ten Network stuff throughout the off season or up until the regular season. Do you do those? Are you part of that? Maybe that's why uh, it doesn't feel like there was much of an off season. So I did not work with those guys this off season. Uh, although uh, I did, I was pretty busy this off season. I wound up uh, producing about thirty five Cardinals games. Um, I've uh, been producing some global rallycross racing, and uh, my other job I've been working on um, uh, college football for Fox. And I had to get my basketball fix in, so I did a little bit of work on uh, the Big Three, the uh, three-on-three okay. uh, basketball tournament that Ice Cube uh, had a part of. When it comes to your role as the producer... It, it, seems, it seems like you wanted to ask more about the Big Three there. I was thinking about going to my guy, Rick Mahorn, with Detroit. I could have gone in another direction with Steven Jackson, but I was like, yeah, let's just leave that alone. Uh, 
I'll tell you what, man. So I was I was not producing that. I was sideline producing that. I was working with Michael Rappaport for most of the summer uh, when I did that. And that first week when the refs were letting them go, I, I seriously thought that Steven Jackson or Rick Mahorn uh, very well might get into a fight. And, you know, when you've got Steven Jackson and you've got Charles Oakley on the same team, that is not a team I'm going to screw with. No, not at all. It's funny, though, how the physicality of the game is not what it used to be. I know it, this isn't even old guy talk. Just the way the, the rules are enforced, you don't have much of that. So we were able to see some of that physicality to a certain extent with the big three. Yeah, you know, they they played hard. They uh, I appreciate the fact that a lot of the guys, they played like, um, you know, like when I go out and play now, I think, oh, yeah, I can still play like I'm 18 or 19. And these guys probably had that same idea, only they're obviously at a much, much higher level, and uh, they tried, and that's why you saw a couple injuries, but no, it was, it was, you know, the idea that they were playing hard was fun, but uh, that, we're, we're not here to talk about uh, the big, you can have me on for your free big three podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any favorite NBA stops at this point, now three years in? Do you have a couple cities perhaps circled on your calendar, whether it's just because of the dining or you got family you want to see? Um, so, you know, I've, I've got family in New York, and going there is, is always special just because I get to go there, see family, but it's also uh, about the pizza and the bagels in New York, you know, especially if we get an off day there. It's super important for me to do that. Um, the dining is uh, when, I, when we have the chance to, uh, you know, to go out. There are certainly places that uh, I've got circled, um, you know, in my – the best example, if I can make a fool of myself for a minute, there's a great ramen place in downtown Cleveland, oddly enough. Uh, called Noodle Cat. Great ramen place called Noodle Cat downtown Cleveland. My year one uh, of me with the Pacers, we played in Cleveland in the preseason. I went there. It was great. We're there a couple months later. I'm walking uh, to Noodle Cat from our hotel with our uh, wonderful pregame producer, Ken Softman, and I'm reading uh, the specials through the window, through like the glass window, and I'm walking full speed, and I walk full speed right into the glass door oh, no. and knock myself out. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> I bloodied my nose, bloodied my lip. When I came to, and this is one of the many things I appreciate about Ken, when I came to, I was finally okay. He said, you really have to understand how hilarious that was to watch. <laughs> Just got to sit back and watch, yeah. Exactly, Too bad he didn't have exactly. his camera phone out. That w- would have been just fantastic if he had, you know, or, you know, may- maybe at this point I just need to wear, like, a GoPro helmet cam so every time I injure myself on the road, uh, it can be seen. How would you describe the grind of an NBA season for someone like yourself? The traveling, um, going to all the different cities, pros and cons, obviously, to all of that. Do you come to appreciate it? I mean, listen, we're you know we're traveling on the charter, which is a, a privilege um, that, as broadcast partners, the, the team allows us to do. We're staying in nice hotels, so that takes a lot of it, uh, you know, out. But you know, when you land. Uh, in Sacramento at 2.30 in the morning or you land, you know, in a snowy city at 1 in the morning and you know I've got to get up in, in five hours to start working on tomorrow's show because it's a back-to-back and I've got, uh, you know, I'm on very little sleep because we just had a game. You know, that's that's not necessarily the, uh, the glamorous part of it. So, yeah, there is a grind the same way the players uh, go through a grind throughout the season. But it's you get into a rhythm throughout the year that you kind of know what you can do. You can plan ahead knowing, okay, I've got a back-to-back, so I can plan a halftime feature. I can plan, okay, this is what we're going to do in segment one, segment two of our open, assuming nothing crazy happens the night before. So, yeah, it's a bit of a grind at times, but, you you know, you get into a rhythm, and it's not like, you know, it's not like we're hopping on a bus like we're minor league baseball players and going 13 hours from city to city. <laughs> I got a segment idea for you. Yeah, I know you haven't heard that one before. 
But the one one thing I don't have access to that I'd love to do is something behind the scenes on the plane. What are the guys doing? Um, what's it like for you guys in your cabin? What are the coaches doing? Are they studying film late night? Now I don't know. David Benner and others might have to appro- would have to approve this, but I think that would be fascinating. I, uh, I I think it would be fascinating as well, and it would have to go through many levels of approval. Um, but it's uh, you know we're we're all kind of at least those of us in the broadcast side. Uh, we're we're in our own world doing our own thing, whether it's prepping for the next show or uh, watching something on Netflix. Not a podcast guy. I am a podcast guy. I'm like the best thing to happen to me since I've been traveling though is the ability to download shows on Netflix. Where before you could just stream. Mm-hmm. The fact that I was able to you know download an entire season of whatever I was watching last season. I don't even remember what it was. I was going to say Ozark, but I downloaded that and watched that this summer. You know, the fact that I was able to do that really uh, has made the travel a lot better. I'm so far behind on TV shows at this point. I'm, I'm centering on podcasts more than anything. I w- listen to more podcasts than I watch TV anymore. Well, outside of your it, very own, what is your what is your podcast recommendation? Uh, oh, man, I got for, all kinds. First road trip. I got all kinds. Richard Deitch, I love sports media. His mm-hmm, is really mm-hmm. good. Woj is always for the, the best intel when it comes to NBA. Chris Mannix is really good on NBA stuff. I, I have all kinds of one. I love sports TV ratings. That's something I geek out about, and you in the business might enjoy as well. So are you only listening to sports podcasts, or are you diversifying a little bit? So I have two exceptions. One is my guy Pete the Planner. He's a financial guy. I love money. And so that's an interesting one. And then a cross between comedy and sports is Pat McAfee's podcast. I enjoy that when I kind of need to turn off my brain and just be entertained. It sounded like a shot at Pat McAfee to me. No, not at all. It, what it is is I'm very <laughs> I'm active listening during the NBA. It's I'm studying how he asks questions. I'm taking notes about what his interviewee says, those sorts of things. With McAfee, it's about having a good time. You feel like you're sharing a beer with him. And so that's I fun. I got you. Yeah, it's just a different you. style. But I have a ton. Uh, I probably subscribe to 30 at this point. He's, he's a barstool guy, McAfee, right? Yeah, and I'm not a barstool he, guy. I just really they're, like They're Pat. taking over the world. Are you, are you suggesting that Saturdays are not for the boys? They are, but I don't like supporting <laughs> them or what they stand for. Yeah. But I do like they're, McAfee. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, I know you're busy, so let's steer the conversation back to your role as producer Fox Sports Indiana of Pacer Games. And what is cool is for the second time in three years, you guys will have the telecast of all 82 games, which is cool. Can you describe for me what the working environment is like for you guys in the truck? Is it chaotic? Is it very calm? Whose voices is everyone hearing? It's, uh, it's organized chaos is what I'd say. So just inside the truck alone, this, you know, doesn't include the people who are out working with Chris and Quinn as far as, you know, our audio technicians out there, our stage managers, or our uh, camera people, you know, in a standard home game in the truck. Um, you know, I'm sitting up in the uh, front of the truck with our director, Jamie Burns, and our technical director, Kyle Jenner. So, you know, as the producer, I'm responsible for the content. Uh, Jamie's responsible for all the pretty camera shots that you see and the uh, the execution uh, of, you know, the, um, you know our, our game plan. And uh, then Kyle is the one punching the button. So when Jamie says, you know, take camera two or effect to this replay machine, Kyle's the one making all that happen. He's the one where, you know, I could have a heart attack and die and the show could go on. Uh, if, if that happens to Kyle, you're just going to be sitting on a game camera, basically. So that's, you know, up in front. Then we've got um, a couple people working in graphics. Uh, we've got a uh, graphics person, Marika Bajos, who travels with us. Um, so she's, you know, putting all of the uh, graphics that you see on air. 
then we've got someone else, Kim Gratz, running Fox Box. Then back in the videotape, we've got three people handling replays, things along those lines. And then we've got audio technicians, video technicians, making sure everything looks good and sounds good. Um, but really, you know, it's uh, Jamie Burns, our director, and uh, me, our producer. We're kind of the uh, the voices, the quarterback and the coach, if you will, kind of uh, – leading the charge, determining where the program's going to go, where the show's going to go, the direction of the show. And that's what's very different in regards to radio broadcasting, which Chris does, and television broadcasting. During radio, Chris is in control. He can go to break when he wants. He knows he needs to get certain amount of breaks in. With TV, he's executing what you tell him to execute. It's a, uh, it's, it's a conversation. I wouldn't say it's uh, I'm telling him to do this, you know, but it's more of a... You know, they, Chris and Quinn have both been doing this for a long time, and they're both top of their game. They understand that, you know, we've got – there are certain times we have to go to break. There are, you know, mandatory media timeouts mm-hmm. when, uh, you know, when the NBA mandates we go to break. There are – we've got a lot of uh, sold elements in our show, which is great. We've got team promos that we've got to get, get in. Um, so we've got to, you know, figure out when to get all of those things in without interfering with the flow of the game because the most important thing – that we do, obviously, is covering the game. I would rather miss a sales element than miss a jump shot. You mentioned graphics. We obviously were introduced to Fox's new graphics package this fall with with NFL, and then we saw it in the preseason. What will it be like for viewers maybe that haven't seen it, and any pros or cons that you felt out of the jump? There are are always some growing pains with the new graphics package. This is, uh, I think it was three or four years ago when we unleashed our last uh, new graphics package. So, you know, we're going through a little bit of those pains right now as far as the connectivity between our graphics viz and our Fox box where there's supposed to be, it's called a CG link between those two. So that's not quite operational yet on the NBA package. It is there for NFL and for college. So when you see uh, these nice animations of the a lower third graphic that pushes away the Fox box into this little uh, pod state so these graphics fit cleanly together, you'll see that and that'll come in NBA hopefully uh, by opening night. It's a really clean look. It's a really smooth look, and um, it's a really fast look, which is what I like because the pace of the NBA, as you know, as anyone who listens to this knows, has gotten so, so quick. You know, we don't have all the time in the world to animate graphics on, animate graphics off, go to full pages. So this uh, gives us the flexibility to get things on a lot more quickly, which is really nice. I really like it. It's simple. It's clean. It's there when you want it. It's not distracting. I think that's important for a graphics package. I love the fact that, uh, you know, uh, you know, Fox is a network, and it's nice to know that a Pacers game is going to look the same as an Indianapolis Colts game if they're on, uh, if they're on Fox. You know, the NFL look is going to be the same as the college football look, is the same as the NBA look, the MLB look the NHL look, which is really nice. It gives us that, I think, having that same look as the NFL and all those other sports gives our shows another way to give our shows that big network feel. Yeah, I I like that consistency. Will you guys have a Hickory-specific graphics package once again? Well, we will. Um, You know, there are going to be a handful of Hickory nights again, and we will brand those nights um, as we have. Sorry, I just just got home. You heard my adorable dog bark. So uh, That's um, a little cameo. yeah, exactly. She's you know this is her first time on a podcast now, so we've got that going for her. Make sure you send me a um, nice, nice, good picture of her, okay? Oh, I, I definitely will believe <laughs> you because I, I, as upset as my fiance was with my picture last time, she would leave me if I sent you a bad picture of our dog. Outside of the fact that there are no bad pictures of our dog. <laughs> what are some of the priorities for for your team and specifically with Fox Sports Indiana for this year? Um, so, 
as I mentioned, you know, the number one thing we can do is cover the game. That is the Fox mandate that hangs in every truck. That's what we are told when we go to these, when we go to production seminars, where we meet with all the other producers, all the bosses, cover the game. The most important thing we do is covering the game. We're the, uh, you know, we're the stewards of the Indiana Pacers brand. We are uh, broadcasting for Pacers fans, and it's our job to cover Pacers games. So that's our number one priority. And this is such an interesting season, you know, um, and this is year three for me, but I've covered a lot of other sports. And to have this much turnover, to have almost an entirely new team, uh, is just, it, it, it's fascinating. So one of our priorities is, is going to be, you know, how do we introduce Pacers fans to these new players? What's, uh, you know, how are we going to learn about these new players? We're, we're all going to find things out about these, <clears throat> excuse me, new players, how they play, what their personality is, how they fit together uh, throughout the year. So that's going to be a lot of fun to find out. And then how, what's going to be the personality of this team? Um, you know, in, in watching them in the preseason and watching them in practice, uh, one thing I can say for sure is they are going to play very hard and they are going to play fast, which I think will be, uh, be a lot of fun. So another one of my priorities is uh, keeping up. One of the challenges I know for you guys, too, is during media day, you're recording all kinds of stuff, but you use it throughout the season. Where's the fine line in, say, using something to get to know Victor Oladipo in November, but then maybe again in January when your casual audience, your diehard NFL fans come over? It's a, it's a good point, and it's something that, you know, in any, uh, any area of this business we run into is, you know, do, what do we do as far as repetition, as far as, um, you know, encore presentations, if you will. So, you know, we'll, we'll run a feature early in the season on, you know, who is Victor Oladipo, and then hopefully we'll find a way in January uh, to, you know, enhance his personality as opposed to just introducing him, although obviously a lot of people around here know who and what Victor's all about so far. You know, hopefully come January there's a way to get to know him off the court or, you know, have him and Quinn sit down and talk about IU. So, you know, we don't want to just keep repeating ourselves. We want to stay fresh while continuing to uh, tell the stories of these players. One of the things I think the network has done a great job at doing, and maybe they're in St. Louis, but social media and handling all of that, getting interviews out, I mean, darn near two minutes after they happen. What is that process like? It's, um, you know, we've got uh, a social media team. Our home office is, is back in St. Louis. We've got a couple of social media folks, but there are people who are uh, watching our programming and basically, uh, you know, we'll give as producers and uh, our on-air guys, we'll give them a heads up hey, we've got this coming, this is a cool feature, or we've got this soundbite that's really interesting. And uh, they know, all right, I've got to look at this, look for this at uh, 6.33, or i got to watch a whole pregame show. And, uh, you know, they just uh, rock and roll and clip it and post it. It's great. It's, uh, it, you know, and most of our viewership, as far as uh, digital, is no longer on foxsportsindiana.com, which was a thing, believe it or not, <laughs> although uh, many people may uh, believe it wasn't because it didn't have the best traffic. I'll we say you of, can't. Uh, we need more video, Max. More video. You, you, no writing. Are you pivoting? Are you pivoting? Is I'm trying to. Yeah. Uh, but no, <laughs> is it we working? Do have, we do have huge <laughs> Facebook and uh, Twitter uh, viewership numbers, so that's kind of where uh, where we're going. Any other new elements you guys plan to work in? I'm thinking, I know obviously you're a TV network, but any plans to use Periscope or Facebook Live, anything like that? Uh, there's been some discussion of it. You know, the, the, the folks at the Yes Network, which uh, broadcast Yankees games, Nets games, all that, they uh, got it, some national attention for uh, going Facebook Live on their production meetings. 
Um, you know, that's not something that I want to do because I like the uh, honesty of our production meetings. Um, you know, uh, I, I, but there's, there's definitely a possibility where we might start doing some Facebook live stuff from, uh, from a shoot around or right after a shoot around or somewhere on the road. Uh, it's been discussed in our preseason meetings. We don't have a, uh, a hammered out idea of exactly what we're going to do yet, but we are going to do something like that at some point this year. Because Max, I'm sure you see it as much as I do. That's the behind the scenes as much as anything is what sells and what can really gather attention as there's so many people recovering the same type of thing. Exactly. You know, what is going to set our coverage apart or your coverage apart or anyone else's coverage apart? What's going to set any of us apart from uh, the uh, myriad sources that are covering the Pacers or any other team? All right, and I- honestly, you know, we're, we're all competitive people. Uh, you know, most of us play these games growing up and most of us are pretty competitive. And we look at it as we want Fox Sports Indiana when we go to these Fox seminars, and these NBA seminars, we want our stuff to be you know, shown throughout the best practices stuff, whether it's uh, over-the-air linear or digital. And by the way, we should mention you you highlighted the Yes Network. That's part of the Fox family. It's actually where Michael Grady went, and he's now the courtside reporter. So that's all within the same umbrella. It is, yeah. Three more questions. These are all coming from Twitter uh, specifically. Uh SR Heise is wondering, what software do they use for graphics and animations? So uh, it's a uh, machine called the uh, VizRT. Um, it is used specifically, it's made specifically for TV. There are a couple of different, um, you know, Fox uses VizRT. Uh, there are other systems out there. Uh, Duet, um, uh, uh, ESPN was using something called Quattro, but it's called the, uh, the VizRT. Uh, it's basically a computer that we either travel with us or um, the trucks that we go into will have one ready for us. And it's, uh, you know, we basically download our look and go from there. VizRT is the uh, short answer. On the Road Sports wants to know, how do you pick out which fans to show? Just people they think look interesting or they have scouted the best camera locations? So, um, you know, our camera positions from building to building are pretty standard. You know, we'll know, though, like last night, for instance, uh, for the uh, preseason game, uh, our director, Jamie Burns, and I saw uh, Miles Turner's father on the, uh, on the court before the game, and we asked him, hey, uh, have your seats changed this year? So, you know, that's, and he, and he has. So that's one, you know, if you know a family member's going to be there, that's one you scout out beforehand. But other than that, you know, we've got such good camera people, especially at home, that they kind of are able to, if Jamie says, get me a crowd shot, get me a fan, they kind of know exactly where to go. They're, they're finding exactly who to get. So it's not necessarily uh, scouted before, but it's uh, our guys on the fly uh, listening and, and getting there. How do the lights and the new lighting system at Bankers Life Fieldhouse change or impact you guys? You guys are used to it at Lakers and Nets and Knicks games, but it's different here at Bankers Life Fieldhouse. So last night, uh, that Maccabi Haifa preseason game was my first experience with it. And when I walked out on the court early in the afternoon, I thought, wow, this looks really good on the court. Uh, rewatching the game this morning, I thought it looked spectacular on TV. Uh, it'll be interesting. Crowd shots might be a little bit more difficult because it seems like the bowl is a little bit darker, but I think the floor itself looked great. Um, I think both the floor itself looked great, and I think the new uniforms look great on TV. Yeah, it all looked very sharp, especially when you combine, I think, the lighter tone, the lighter floor, plus the lighting directed out on the court. It was spotlighted. It was theatrical lighting. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it, it, it looked really, really nice. Um, you know, watching on TV, I thought it looked I thought it looked great in person. I thought it looked really nice in the truck and uh, getting home and watching the game, I thought it looked really nice. Last one, Kyle Cox wants to know, why don't you show the starting lineup intros before every game? Why not show the national anthem before every game? Uh, because with the NBA tipping at 7-10, 
Uh, we've got about five minutes of commercial breaks that we need to get into, uh, get in before uh, tip. And if we want to do any other content, we wouldn't be able, we'd have to show starting lineups and we'd have to show the anthem and we'd do no other content. Solid question, but it's uh, basically, you know, a matter of, uh, we've got other uh, elements that we've got to get in, and we've got commercials that we've got to get in. Yeah, and that's totally understandable. I'd be for starting lineups, I think, in select places. The Lakers is always cool. The Bulls with that that anthem is always cool. But otherwise, you, you've seen starting lineups. You've seen them all, right? <laughs> exactly. And, you know, we'll, we'll show them on opening night. It's always cool, you know, what the, what the uh, folks at Banker's Life, the arena people do on opening night. So we'll be showing starting lineups live on opening night, which I think is uh, important, more important than ever this year because of all the new players. Um, but it's no, it's not something that uh, we standardly do. Although, uh, you know, on select occasions, it might be something. If there's a game that's worthwhile where we want to show an introduction, we we can always uh, modify if need be. Anything else you want to pass along? Uh, one other uh, addition to this year's broadcast: we've got um, new super slow mo camera, which uh, mm. we're going to be able to move its position throughout the year. But we're we're really excited about this. Um, just because it's it's a uh, you know top of the line, I can get into the technical uh, if you really Please want do, to. But essentially, sure. it, it's so it's it's um, you know standard TV. Uh, you're recording at 30 frames per second. Uh, this is an 8x system, so essentially we're recording at 240 frames per second. So we can play that back eight times. We can play any clip back from uh, from that camera and that super slow mo um, eight times slower than real speed without any degradation of, uh, picture quality. So you're going to see, you know, a blink of an eye is going to look like a really dramatic moment. If a player smiles after a play and our camera picks that up, which it will, you know, it's going, we play that back in super slow, we're going to pick up a lot more of the, um, the nuance of the game with this, which is going to be really, really nice. And trust me, you will notice it, uh, the very first night. Do you have an expectation of where you'll keep it? I know you said you can move it around, but is it kind of like in a baseline cam? Uh, so it's going to start, um, you know, we, uh, one of our standard camera positions and one of the best camera positions at Banker's Life is uh, what's called the low slash, which is, um, you know, in, uh, if you're sitting on the Pacers bench, it is kind of directly across in the tunnel on the Pacers bench. So that's where we're going to start it, which is going to allow us to get a lot of nice faces and things near side and get a little bit wider on the far side. That's where we're going to start up. We've got the ability to move it under uh, to one of our under-basket handhelds, or we've got the ability to move it to our uh, tight camera, which is a higher camera that shoots tight and kind of does ball follow. So, uh, you know, in our preseason meetings, we've decided that that low slash is the best place to start it, but uh, we'll experiment with it throughout the year. Does this mean you have to travel with it? Uh, it's only going to be on uh, home games. We'll control it on home games. Uh, uh, a number of other teams uh, have those, um, and we're usually able to – share those resources. The fact that we control it at home means we can get to those replays more quickly. On the road, we'll be able to get to those in uh, in rollouts or in second and third looks of replay sequences. Outstanding, Max. I appreciate it. We'll see you around Banker's Live Fieldhouse. Thanks for joining me. Oh, it was a pleasure, Scott. Talk to you soon, man. That's Max Linewan, the producer of Pacer Games on Fox Sports Indiana. You can give him a follow on Twitter, Linomax. That's L-E-I-N-O Max on Twitter. This will be the fourth consecutive year that the three broadcasters have worked together on air. Kristen Airy is entering his 12th year, Quinn Buckner at year 19, and Jeremiah Johnson, his fifth with Fox Sports Indiana, and his fourth on air as the sideline reporter and pregame halftime host. The Pacers open the season on Wednesday, October 18th at home at Bankers Life Fieldhouse against the Brooklyn Nets, and I look forward to covering that one and the entire season.
You have been listening to the Vigilant Sports Pacers podcast. If you have not done so already, subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and more. And I'll talk to you again next week.